Once there was a civilization, much like ours, but with a greater intelligence, greater powers, and a greater capacity for good. In one tragic moment, that world was destroyed. But there was one survivor. Because of the wisdom and compassion of Jor-El, because he knew the human race had the capacity for goodness, he's, his name is Kal-El. He will call himself Clark Kent. But the world will know him as Superman. This year, Superman brings you the gift of flight. Superman, the movie. Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today, you're going to believe that a man can fly. But before we get into Superman, the movie, we've got some business to take care of. And Devin, I'm going to throw it over to you. Tell us what we got. All right. So we have the results of round one of the superhero bracket that we've been doing. I want to thank everybody who's voted in this. We had really great turnout and really great responses. Um, I especially loved everybody that messaged me Wakanda forever on one of the days. Thank you so much for that. Um, but I want to go over the results of round one. So let me go ahead and pull that up real quick. All right. I don't think I have those ready to go. I have what I have. I should have told you this before the show. I have the, the next round pictures that you sent me. So do you want okay. those up? Do you want those up? No, we don't need them up. I'll just okay. I'll just say who won. Okay. Uh, so the way that this went is I, in every day, released at least three different matchups. These, the winners of these are going to be going on to the next round. So between X-Men First Class and Avengers, Avengers won. Between X-Men, which I think is X-Men 2000, uh, and Black Panther, Black Panther won. Uh, between Iron Man and Thor Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok won. Uh, between... Aquaman and Superman Returns, Aquaman won. Between Shazam and The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight won. You knew that was happening. <laughs> um, between Batman versus Superman and Superman the movie, Superman the movie won. Uh, and believe it or not, I did not vote in that one. Uh, I, I, don't, I didn't allow myself because I didn't watch Superman the movie when that came out. Um, then back to Marvel, between Captain America and Deadpool, Deadpool won. Between Spider-Man, Homecoming, and Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians won by way more than I ever thought it would, which I kind of love. <laughs> what, what was the total on that one? It was 22 for Spider-Man Homecoming, 41 for Guardians of the Galaxy. Which, like, huge margin. I was yeah. not expecting that. Uh, and then between Captain Marvel and Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange won. I felt like that one was very difficult. So then back over to DC, we have Wonder Woman versus Batman, um, Batman, like Adam West Batman. 66. Yeah, 66. 66. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman won by a really big margin. Um, between Man of Steel and Watchmen, Watchmen won. Between Suicide Squad and Joker, Joker won. Uh, between Spider-Man, uh, the Tobey Maguire first one, and Ant-Man, Spider-Man won, which actually kind of shocked me a little bit. Uh, I wasn't and surprised. Then, oh, no? No. If, you, but, if you've been on Reddit, you know how much the internet loves Tommy Maguire. Yeah. 
That's a good point. Uh, and then we have between Fantastic Four, I think it's 2001 that one came out, uh, and five, The Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, it was a five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then The Amazing Spider-Man. The Amazing Spider-Man won by an insane margin. It won 52 to 17. You don't understand the loathing people have for that Fantastic Four movie. Was it because of the Silver Surfer? Is that what killed it? No, that one wasn't bad. The set, the set, the reboot was horrible. That's uh, the and it just like tainted like, everyone on everything. The the Fantastic Four with um, Jessica Alba as Sue Storm wasn't horrible. It yeah. just was forgettable. Got it. it. And I know when it came to a lot of like the people I was friends with at the time, mm-hmm. there was a lot of letdown on that. Yeah, people sure. wanted it to be a lot better than it actually was. So. People went in wanting like an awesome, like Fantastic Four movie, and they came out with just a. Eh, if you're a Fantastic okay. Four fan, this is good, but me, and it yeah. just people's expectations just went to the basement on it. Got it. Yeah, uh, and then um, the last two that we have yeah. uh, are between Batman Returns and Bird of Birds of Prey. Batman Returns one, and then my personal favorite. Uh, between the Justice League and Green Lantern, which several people flat out opted to just not vote in. Yeah, I have a shout out on that one. (laughs) (laughs) I do too. Uh, Justice League one. Yeah. Nice. So um, that's what I was calling the trash bracket. So yeah, pretty much. Um, Devin, who are your shout outs on that one? Oh, for that one? Yeah. Uh, my friend Allie and my friend Bill in particular were just wonderful about that bracket. <laughs> friend of the show, Allie and Bill? Friend of the show, Allie and friend of the show, Bill. Okay. Yeah. So, um, a guy that I was in scouts with, uh, I'll call him by his, uh, Appalachian trail name, uh, friend of the, uh, friend of the show boots. Um, he messaged me on Instagram and just put neither. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got that. So yeah. then because of those results, we have well, a really cool week coming up. Yeah. Um, so I've got it in or I've got it. I, I've got it up. So give me one awesome. second here. So the first round I have is Aquaman versus the dark Knight. Yeah. I already know my answer on that one. Yeah. So <laughs> that I think that's, I did it. Devin, I don't know what order you were reading off of. I'm going in the bracket order. Yep, that makes sense. So, all right, is that the way you're going to be doing it? Yeah. So this this one will be out tomorrow. Yep, this one will be out tomorrow. Um, it's going to be two per day. Okay. Uh, so we're going to have two votes per day for four days, and then we'll talk about the the winner, um, probably on Friday on when we stream on Friday. Okay. So that's round one for tomorrow. Second mm-hmm. round is Wonder Woman versus Superman the movie. And hopefully after today's episode, you might want to vote a different way than you did before. Look, it's an easy choice for me yeah. is all I'm saying. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then later on in the DC rounds, we have Watchmen versus Joker. Uh, Doom and Gloom versus Doom and Gloom. So <laughs> uh, that's fun. That's a fun one. Neat. Both have a comedian going insane. Uh, oh, funny. <laughs> and then... We have Justice League up against Batman Returns. That is so. Good. That's going to be an easy one. That's I, that's I like so how easy. both of those posters <laughs> are just faces stacked on top of each other. It really is. You know what I hate the most about the Justice League poster <clears throat> is you can tell they're going for Queen. Don't do that. No, they're going for Alex Ross. There's they're a going famous, for Alex Ross. Yeah, Alex Ross did oh. some 
famous DC covers, and that's what they were going for with that art. God, um, it looks like Queen to me, and I like hated it. Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody specifically, maybe not specifically Queen, that. No, total? specifically Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, good. I just wanted to clarify yeah, that. That's no, like the go, iconic picture go, they're of They're going for I want to be free. Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Another right, one uh, rides the bus. Yes. Another, uh, and over on the D, or the Marvel side of things, we've got the Avengers against Black Panther. Uh, I feel Ooh. like you're going to be getting a lot more Tough. Wakanda Forever oh, I hope so. uh, quotes. Then we have Thor Ragnarok versus Deadpool. This is That's an tough. easy one. This is an e- no. This is an easy one for it's me. An easy one for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. No, hard for me. That was this, a five the, second thought. <laughs> this next one's this next one's the hardest for me. Guardians of the Galaxy versus Doctor Strange. That yeah. one's that one's tough. That one's uh, difficult, but not for the same reason for Alan. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then finally, the, the most interesting round that we have, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man versus Andrew Garfield's Amazing Spider-Man. So two yeah. Spider-Men enter the ring. One's a human spider. The other is, has a skateboard. Uh, <laughs> he does skateboard, doesn't he? Um, so, yeah, I'm really interested to see how that one turns out. Yeah, so, I would, me too. I would love to break that down by the age of the people voting because I have a feeling there's going to be a split in age between what people vote for on that one. I really do. I wonder. Could be. Yeah, that's going to be cool, though. I'm really excited for this round. Yeah, me too. Um, So, yeah, you can vote on our Facebook page. We'll be posting the Google polls every day there, and we'll also have them in our Facebook story. And our Instagram story. So if you follow us on Facebook and Instagram, you'll be able to vote for these. Um, other than that, I think that's pretty much it for the superhero bracket for today. Yeah, I, mean, I just want to thank everyone who's uh, participated so far. I mean, you guys have all been awesome. And I'm really curious to see how this goes. Yeah, me too. Um, do we want to get into the movie? Let's do it. That's, that's all why right. we're here. <laughs> so today... In honor of Superhero March Madness, we will be talking about Superman the movie. This was my pick for the theme, and it's a film that Devin said he had never seen. Still the case, that was still the case, right? That you weren't you were unsure a little bit. No, I after watching this, I guarantee you I've never seen all of it. I've seen okay. parts of it because parts of it are iconic. I've never seen all of it. Okay. So this is a film from 1978, directed by Richard Donner, starring Marlon Brando. Gene Hackman, and then the guy who plays Superman, Christopher Reeve. That's how they're listed in the cast listing. <laughs> um, it also stars Ned Beatty, Jackie Cooper, Glenn Ford, Trevor Howard, and then Margot Kidder, who plays Lois Lane. Lois Lane is uh, sixth on this list of cast members. The fact that she's below first elder kills me on IMDb. Well, Trevor Howard was a big name back in the day. Uh, Oh, see, I didn't know that. 118 credits on IMDb. Most of which are going, they all go back to like 1944. So he was pretty well known, I'm guessing. Um, He's a... He was a career actor. I wouldn't be surprised if half of that is from like TV shows and 
you know, the those, you know, like Dick Tracy type movies where they came out with one every six months. Mm. So this is a film Devin watched for the first time. Ryan, when was the first time you saw Superman the movie? Uh, when I was a kid. Uh, okay. Before 1993. Before 1993. Because I, because I remember watching it back in our... Uh, uh, back in Alton. Uh, mm-hmm. So I remember watching it back then. But I haven't seen this in like years. Like I would say probably middle school. Okay. So definitely a new experience watching it this time compared to before. And um, some of it was very similar. Some of it I felt like I was watching for the first time. Uh, probably because I was a middle school kid and it didn't hold my interest in those scenes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for me, I started, wa- I got into Superman in about eighth grade because of Smallville. I hadn't watched it on the WB, but I had started watching it on, I think it was ABC family at the time, Fox family, whichever one it was. Then I started watching marathon. I started watching the marathon of that when they premiered it. And I got really into Smallville and I watched like the first three seasons they had out on there and Christopher Reeve shows up in there. And I like, they talked about like the history of him being the character. And there's like a little special in between. It's like, I really want to watch those movies now. So I got really into the Superman mythos and went to Blockbuster and they had, they had the movies on DVD at Blockbuster because this was oh, about hmm. 2004. Five, so Superman Returns was just about to come out, so they had the stuff. Um, so that was the first time I saw this. The first time I watched it, I realized later on, was the special edition of this movie, which is what I watched for today. Um, you guys watched the version on HBO Max, correct? Yes. It wasn't. I couldn't find it on HBO Max. I watched it on, uh, or no, I did. Sorry, I did watch it on HBO Max. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So is that the original cut? That's the original cut. Not the cut. special edition? Okay. Yeah, not the special edition. Uh, from what I can tell, the only special edition HBO Max has at the moment is the ultimate cut of Batman v Superman. Weird. I don't, I Weird don't flex. Believe, I don't believe they have the theatrical version on there, which is better. they're better off for. Um, so <laughs> it, I had originally planned on watching the three-hour version of this movie uh, because I have that on Blu-ray back here behind me. Um, but I decided against it because I was telling the guys this before the show about 20 minutes into the movie, we're still on Krypton and the movie spends about five minutes of just people running around in chaos on Krypton. And I was like, this is, this is bad. Like I, I will watch it at some point, but for the podcast, I would be doing an injustice if I was watching that one. Um, because what that three hour version is, is they spent. So back in the eighties, Network television was like would premiere big movies like this over two two nights usually, um, and to split this movie in two, they didn't have enough time to fill the hour and forty five minutes with commercials, so they split it in half, and then they had to go back and add footage to it. So they pretty much took the early assemble cut assembly cut. So you would when you make a movie, you take everything that you filmed put it all together and go from there and like, okay, we can cut this out. This scene doesn't need to be in here. That's pretty much what they aired. They aired everything and it shows <laughs> like it was every sh- every different angle of Krypton getting destroyed and people panicking. There was this weird um, 
robot type guy on Krypton who's like their security guy who goes after Jor-El. So he's like flying around. He looks, he kind of looks like the robot in the day the earth stood still, but just <laughs> covered in tinfoil, like bunched up tinfoil. It's, it's weird. I'm so glad I didn't see that version. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, it, it was, it was rough, but I don't know if I missed anything else in there, uh, but the special edition does have more with the council of Krypton. Zod says a little bit more and we'll get into some details later. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how I watched it. I watched the Blu-ray of the special edition director's cut. Um, oh, wow. So all this to say, Devin, what did you think of Superman the movie? You know, I really liked it. Um, <laughs> I, I really, before I watched this movie, I was like, okay, look, it's not a Marvel movie. Like, don't expect anything Kevin Feige touched. Like, this is one of, is it one of, or is it the first big budget superhero movie? I didn't do any research to put it in its place, but I wanted to have the this The only one that I can, th- out of DC, yes, is the first okay. one that they spent serious money on. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't really think they spent all that much money on Batman in 1966. Yeah. That was pretty much just, hey, let's use these TV sets that we already have and make a long episode. We'll make it work. <laughs> Some days you can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Best Batman line ever. <laughs> but no, this movie, I, the one thing that struck me with this movie, and maybe it was because it was restored or remastered or whatever, but like every time I've seen like a clip of this movie, it's all like washed out pastels. And, like, the version of it that I watched was beautiful. Like, some of these shots were great. Um, Especially, like, the intro, I was, like, the opening couple of scenes, I was, like, this is, like, 2001 A Space Odyssey in all the right ways. And they had these, like, big, beautiful sweeping shots of, like, cornfields. And I I just adored everything about this movie visually. Uh, The movie has a few things that I know you know. I know you guys both know that I went, to. But, you know, my biggest, I think the biggest thing you think I'd have a problem with, I knew was coming anyway, and was just like, whatever, the movie's going to do this, I'm just going to let it do it. But otherwise, I really liked this movie and thought it was wonderful. Okay. So where do we want to start with Superman the movie? Is there anything you want to talk about? Holy intro, Batman. (laughs) Are Are we talking about, okay, are we talking about the credits at the beginning? We're I talking about him. the credits at the beginning. We're talking about that. Now, the you score... skipped it? Straight up what? skipped the credits. Why? In the beginning, the credits? Why? You gotta, you were... gotta watch the credits. Dude, you skipped John oh Williams' score. God. I know John Williams' score. I've heard this score before. Look, so it was... You don't have to read the credits. You just lay back, close your eyes, and let, <laughs> let the music wash over you. Oh my God. Plus, plus, you're missing out on the special effects that they used for the opening of this film. That they then copied for Spaceballs. I mean, maybe. <laughs> it's, extre- it's extremely similar. Um, yeah. So what it is, is they they did like colored dye into algae and filmed it. Is that how but, they did that? Yeah. That's, That's cool. It, yeah. Okay. So what I was going to say about mm-hmm. Holy Intro, one, the length, typical 70s. Typical yeah. 70s feels like a 25 minute long uh credit intro because they spend 12 to 10 seconds on on each person's name because they the name has to swoop in and swoop out Uh and like 
I'm pretty sure almost everybody here has had that experience where you get into Microsoft Word or PowerPoint and then you find that like crazy font, which makes the words like big and then they trail off really small. Yeah. And so then like you use that font in everything you do until somebody tells you to stop. I've, yeah. Oh, yeah. I felt like the art director was like, oh, look at this font I just found and decided to use it for the whole movie. <laughs> I, I think like this movie does suffer from a lot of 2001 syndrome, like I, mm-hmm. like, I like to say. Um, yeah. But I think the opening credits are Warner Brothers' response to Star Wars. Oh, this interesting. Is year, this is a year after Star Wars. So you got the space stuff. You've got all this text flying in space. Like, let's just do it with everyone's name because we don't want to. We're going to do a prologue, but it's going to be old timey radio with a comic book. That's our prologue. Yeah. And then we just do credits. You know, that confused me, actually, that old timey prologue thing. I was actually really shocked about that. So what that is, is for people who know Superman, like. This is how you know Superman from the George Reeves com- like TV show, the comic books. And then with it opening up and the names coming out of the screen like that, it, it was for them to be like, this isn't your Superman. This is, a, this is something new and spectac- spectacular. So, We're doing it bigger. Yeah. I guess that makes sense because I was, I was like, okay, I didn't know the movie started like this and like wasn't – I was following it, but I was like, why? And like it, they never came back to it. So I was like, all right, it's just a style thing. Got it. Yeah. Maybe you wouldn't be as confused if you would have sat through the uh, beginning credits. I would have been exactly as confused no, if you I knew wouldn't the have names because, of the people. Because you would have had the time to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about the opening scenes on Krypton. Devin, what okay. did you think of the, the design of Krypton? It or was... Crypt, or Krypton, if you want to be Kry- more than Brandon. Krypton. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I loved the, the way that the scenes were arranged and that they were not... It does the one futury thing that I really don't like that futury things do is they just go, uh, okay, it's the future. Everything's white and nothing looks usable now. <laughs> and like, I, <laughs> that's like the one thing I like don't love about future things, but it looked cool. Like everything looked very cool. Yeah. Um, you cut out there a little bit, but we're good. Oh no. Now. Um, yeah, I the 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 costumes on Krypton are very interesting. Um, Ryan, what do you think of the Krypton stuff? Um, I think they'd be great for PennDOT to get for the road crew guys. I wouldn't miss <laughs> any of them driving. Um, but I really do like the whole like ice planet uh, concept that they had. Um, I'm very skeptical though of like a futuristic planet with no buildings because everything's underground. Um, I feel like one uh, there's one there's one part of me that says that, like, why does everybody do this? It gets, you know, it's kind of annoying. But then there's the more practical side of me that's like, it's cheaper to do it this way. It's better to do just, you know, use a model that's flat and then say that everything's underground than it would be to try to, like, build a model of a city. Right. So, you know, it's it's I'm fine with it. Yeah. Uh, I got to see a lot of those models getting destroyed in that uh, <laughs> standard cut that I watched. Uh, okay, so let's talk about Marlon Brando. What do you guys most know Brando from? The Godfather. The Godfather? 100%. Ryan, Ryan how about you? I, 
honestly, like The Godfather, and I know he's in other stuff, and I know that I've seen it, but none of it's coming to mind at the moment. Okay. So, what did you think of Marlon Brando as Jorel? I think he was fine. I, I think. Okay. I think he did what he needed to do. He probably could have pronounced Krypton right. Like, but I mean, like aside from that, I think he. W- I think he was who he needed to be. Like he was the same thing as. Um, oh, who played him in the new one? Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. I think he was better than Russell Crowe. I I just watched Man of Steel last week with the guys over at Nerf Herders Assemble, and I don't know. Really, like, that that. Russell Crowe's really good as Jarrell. Uh, it's probably my say. probably yeah. one of my favorite Russell Crowe performances. Um, it's a toss up. Like it's such a meaty role because they both get these monologues of farewell, my son, and like like before they put him in the ship and send him off. Like there's always that that long Jarrell speech. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Like it's late stage Marlon Brando versus late stage Russell Crowe. It's a toss up. I don't, I'd rather take Russell Crowe. His before um, Brando's performance as his dad really doesn't stand out to me. Like he did good playing his dad. I believed it. Like he was (laughs) playing the character. He did a good job. He did the thing. (laughs) So while, while we're still on Krypton, Devin, were you confused at all about the general Zod stuff? No, because I know he comes in Superman 2. I don't know okay. that I've seen Superman 2, but I know he comes in. I don't know why he showed up in the beginning, and now that I'm thinking about it, like it had no payoff for anything in the movie. I can tell but you why he shows up in the beginning. Why does he show up in the beginning? Uh, they film Superman 1 and Superman 2 at the same time. Oh, well, that makes sense. So Did the editor get confused? No, no, no. <laughs> it, it, so they filmed it as one big epic. Um, so it was just a tease for the next one. Um, and we'll get into the, what happened with the second one later on, but it, since they filmed them both at once, that was just to establish Krypton and Jor-El and Mm -hmm. just tease it for the next movie. Um, it's like a, a post credit scene, but it's the first scene of the movie. <laughs> Which I I I wanted to kind of point that out, and I forgot yeah. about about it until Alan just brought it up. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, that's one of those things where I was just like, wasn't there anybody in the discussion room, the producers, somebody that that you know should have said, hey, maybe we should put this in at the end, or maybe we should have like an exclaimer. About I this? It, I don't think it needs to be necessary. I don't think it's necessary. I think, according to the Donner cut, mm-hmm. I think it was supposed to be teased at the end that in the Donner cut of Superman 2, the reason mm-hmm. they escape the Phantom Zone is because they're flying by Earth and the nuclear weapons Superman tosses into space break them out of the Phantom Zone. <laughs> wow. Uh, which I think would have been either the trailer for Superman two or just the ending of Superman, the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't, I don't think you need to set that up because especially, especially for people who have read the comics and know who Zod is, I'm sure they know that he's going to be coming. So I, and I'm on the other side of that coin of yes, people who've read the comics 
people who know the characters will see that and go, okay, I know what that is. And then wait for them to show up later on in the movie. And they don't, and then get, you know, go, well, I guess they're going to make a second one because why else would they do this and not referencing them again? So one, you're confusing fans. And then two people who get dragged to see the movie by a friend who has seen it and they haven't, they're going to be going, okay, so what was that mess at the beginning? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I had had an almost similar reaction though, because I was like, oh, because they do Zod and Man of Steel, right? Yes. And I was like, oh, this is going to be almost the same plot as Man of Steel. Got it, because they're setting Zod up now and then he's going to be the bad guy and I must just have Superman 1 and 2 mixed up in my mind. And then (laughs) I went, oh, he was never actually in any of this. Got it. (laughs) He's not the bad guy in this, but Lex Luthor is. Uh, let's just go through the cast list and talk about Gene Hackman's performance as uh, Lex Luthor. Ryan, you what guys, do you think of Gene Hackman? You guys Hackman's go first. Um, I am so disappointed that I don't remember his performance as well as I should have um, from, 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 from when I was younger, because I would love to see a Muppet movie. With him playing Lex Luthor and him going against like the Muppets because like his character in this is a Muppet. Like I can see him being a human villain for the Muppets in a Muppet movie. I mean, Otis pretty much is a Muppet, isn't he? We'll get to Otis. Don't worry. (laughs) Devin, what do you think? What do you think of Gene Hackman? I want to know, really, I want to know. Is this anyone's favorite Lex? Out like, of the three of us? Out of the world. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the three of us. I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I can do a quick Google search. So I'm my pretty Lex, sure there's a lot of people who like this Lex Luthor, pretty sure. Oh, I, I, I don't doubt it. My Lex Luthor is Clancy Brown, the one that did the, the animated series one. Like, when I think Lex Luthor, that's who I think of. Guy that owns this, like, multi-billion dollar corporation. This, like, very, very, like, ruthless genius. Uh, Man, he was not that. He had some really great lines and some really great parts. And in the end, I thought his plan was neat. But I... Man, my Lex Luthor would not have tolerated Otis for one (laughs) freaking second. Dang it, so, Otis. True, so I fa- but you don't do it. Get- yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Doing, doing a quick Google search of favorite, fan favorite Lex Luthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gene Hackman is number one, followed by Clancy Brown, who you just mentioned. Okay. Uh, then in third place, Michael Rosenbaum from Smallville. Fourth place is John Shea from The Adventures of Lois and Clark. Or Lois okay. and Clark, New Adventures of Superman. Five is John Cryer on Supergirl. Aww. And then number six is Jesse Eisenberg and Batman v Superman. Man, okay. I'm going to be weird about this. There are parts of Jesse Eisenberg's Lex that I liked better than this one. They're both far away from the Clancy Brown version of this character. Yes. Uh, what I like about Lex Luthor is he's the powerful businessman with the technology. and He's pretty much the dark side of Bruce Wayne. Like mm-hmm. he's the he's Bruce Wayne. If Bruce Wayne wanted to kill Superman, which is which is, now that I'm saying it out loud, it's just Bruce Wayne and Batman v Superman. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's that it's that God complex. Like he's always jealous of Superman 
for being who he is. And yeah. he's not that like, he's always one upping Lex and that's what he hates about him. Like he wants, he wants to be, he wants to be the, the Superman instead of Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a lot to deal with, with that character there with the business side that they kind of got right with the Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. Lex Luthor. But at the same time, they mix his character with the Joker. So that performance still isn't, the best. I think the best live a- live action is either going to be is going to be from the one of the TV shows, either Smallville or Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I'm going to say Smallville because <laughs> it's me. Uh, <laughs> that Smallville is my introduction to Superman. So, so uh, and and my favorite ahead. Lex is on print, which is in Red Sun, the, the communist Superman. I one. need to read like, that. Like that's my favorite Lex. But if I had to pick like a live action one. I don't know if it was the Smallville one or the Supergirl one, whoever was the Lex in that crossover thing. Like, not the one that everybody was like, you're Lex because he didn't look like Lex, mm-hmm. but but like the actual like bald head, yeah. younger one Iconic who ends up being looking. president. Like, that's Lex. Yeah. Not, he, Lex, Lex is not a goofball. Actually, I don't think he has a... I don't think he has a funny bone. And if he does, it's the driest of dad humor you'd probably ever run into. So in Smallville, <laughs> he's a lot lighthearted, a lot more lighthearted at first, but then he slowly goes darker and darker. Yeah. Um, in the chat, I respect Jesse Eisenberg uh, made an acting choice and fucking went for it. He, he went did. for it. He did, he did. though. Yeah. It, and it's like the whole Jolly Rancher scene is still weird to me. Like I, like that's like the weirdest choice that he made. Like just putting the Jolly Rancher in his <laughs> the other guy's mouth like that. It was a power um, thing, though. Like that's I mean, and that's the, like the at mo- the essence of Lex. I I rewatched Batman v Superman after the Man of Steel thing last week, mm-hmm. and I I think I like that movie more and more every time I watch it. Like it really? just gets me pumped. Yeah, it, it's surprising. Uh, I I liked it so much. I. That's the reason I don't want to watch Justice League for next week. Oh, I'm wow. Wait for the Snyder Cut. Um, so let's talk about Otis. Guys, what's he doing in this movie? Comic relief. But why Why do you need... Okay. You can have comic relief in a thousand other ways. Why did the world's most foremost genius need to like have a bumbling idiot around with him to do his stuff? 1970s fair fair <laughs> yeah audience test screening yeah. that's probably why they did it i i think otis is worth it just for the delivery at the when when luther's revealing his big plan and he has like the the coast of deluxe and like the new uh coastline of california and he's like otisburg <laughs> Otisburg, Otisburg. Like I just love that line. Like, like every time I see Otis on screen, I'm just like Otisburg. <laughs> it just—that's like my favorite Lex Luthor moment in this whole movie. Now I did really like that bit. I I think my favorite Lex Luthor moment in this one though is that the line that I didn't realize was from this movie, of like some people read War and Peace and think that it's just a adventure book or what a something book. Uh, and then some people can like uncover the whole mysteries of the cosmos by reading a pack of gum or something. Like, I didn't yeah. know that was this movie. I like that. So in the in the version that you guys saw, mm-hmm. Lex Luthor just has this plan and he executes it, and then brings Superman to his lair, right? Yeah, yeah. 
So in the special edition, the the big difference with Lex is when Superman comes into his lair, he goes through a series of tests that Lex has set up for him. He shoots him with multiple machine guns at once. He um, sets the the tunnel on fire that he's walking through. So Superman walks through the fire like he's Buffy. Um, And then he deep freezes him in like a super cooler with like jets of water that turn to ice mm-hmm. and then Superman breaks out of them. So it's like these three series of tests, just it's just Lex messing with him, trying to see what can stop him and nothing does. I like that. I think that fits with Lex's character. I just don't know how it, does it look cheesy? Actually the fi- the, 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 the ice one's a little bit cheesy. The fire one yeah. for 1978 looked amazing. Like That's I don't funny. know if they edited it, it when they did the special edition in two thousand one ish, but it, I was like, "Wow, that's a really good effect" because they actually get him walking through the flames. Oh wow! Which I was that, really impressed by. As long as it's better looking than him racing the train. <laughs> I'm so, like, <sighs> that was one of those moments where I was just like, I was. I was looking at the screen and they show his legs moving compared to like the ground. And I'm just thinking to myself, like it's the late seventies. It's yep. the late seventies. Let it go. Let it go. It's the late seventies. Ryan, the tagline on this movie is you'll believe a man can fly. Not you'll believe a man can run beside a train. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But okay. Um, so we get to the flying thing. I have something to say. Too, okay. But well, we'll get that. there. Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll get there. Let's talk about the Smallville stuff. Um, what is your guys is what do you guys know about the Superman mythos in Smallville and Ma and Pa Kent? I I know that Pa Kent has to die. I thought Pa Kent was around a lot longer. Um, I know nothing about Ma Kent because I think she's mostly just like, well, Pa's got to be married to someone, and they don't like give her much character. Uh, and then I I, <laughs> I kept referencing in my head when I watch this Brightburn, which is a problem. <laughs> no, it's not. No, I it's for, not a problem at all. I forgot that we made you watch that before you, you saw did. If I had known you hadn't seen this before we watched Brightburn, you wouldn't have watched Brightburn. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, I'm trying to, like, it's a farm. The, Yeah. Well, they, have Lana, they have Lana Lane in it, right? Like, she's Lana, a big deal. Lana Lang does show up in this. She's the cheerleader that he flirts with, and the rest of the football team's just being dicks. Um, was that flirting, though? Or was that him just, like... I think that was more her than him. That was Midwestern flirting, Ryan. That was putting yeah. it on thick for Wyoming. I mean, I'm, I've got family, like, closer, <laughs> and I've known people from the Midwest, like... No, <laughs> no, like, she was the one doing the flirting. He was the one that was caught off guard and was like, oh, oh someone's talking to me. Oh, of course I'll go. Yes. <laughs> so the Smallville farm, the cat farm that they have in this is pretty much rebuilt for Superman and Lois on CW right now. Oh, that's cool. So they, they they brought that show back to Smallville. Smallville's. I, I don't know what it is, but Smallville always plays a big part in the Superman stories. Um, Smallville, obviously set in Smallville. 
Um, Man of Steel, a good chunk of that. Like most of their fight scenes are in Smallville, not in Metropolis until the very end. That's right. Um, and then, of course, this one started it all with Smallville, and they revisit it in Superman three. Um, but I. Th- this movie does a lot for the Superman mythos with uh, just telling his origin story and establishing the Fortress of Solitude, establishing that the, the, the S on, on his chest, the fact that Marlon Brando's Jor-El is wearing it is why this is the House of L symbol. Like, that's their emblem. Mm. I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, it doesn't just mean hope. It also means the House of L. So wait, does it, in this, does it mean hope? Because all the foil people were wearing different symbols in the beginning on, on Krypton. And then I was like, okay, well it's just their family symbol in this one. Yeah. It's just, it's just their family symbol in this one. I think okay. it, it, it came to be the symbol of hope. I think, I think it's kind of like the, um, I just a symbol like the American Eagle, the, the bald Eagle is like a symbol of American pride. Like the house of L is the symbol of hope in Krypton. Got it. Um, I'm trying to think what else. So, it it said it does a great job of telling Superman's origin story, mm-hmm. uh, because at this up to this point, people probably only knew him about knew about his powers if they didn't read the comics. Um. So let's get into Christopher Reeve as Superman. Devin, I'm curious to hear what did you think of his performance as Clark Kent? Oh, wonderful! You got. It was this weird sense that I've actually never seen anything in a Superman performance where he moves to Metropolis and he feels like a fish out of water and you feel that for him in a way that's really believable. Like, he's just like this dopey, like, well, Lois Lane, can I go out with you on a date? And like, well, this is just what we say in the Midwest. <laughs> and like, that was the kind of stuff that I like want, like, what? small he's, kid he's in not, big he's city. Not he's goofy. He's goofy. He's goofy in the big city is what he is. Okay, so first off, this is like the second time you've like brought in the fact that Midwestern people are doofuses, like pretty much. Like this <laughs> no, is the second no, time no. you've alluded to that. No, no, like, this is Look, the... no. This isn't what I meant for Midwestern people. Are, I meant I. Okay, so I was a kid in a small town. I was born in Newville. I went to <laughs> like I went to like Los Angeles and immediately felt overwhelmed. And okay. I related to Superman in that whole like. Well, golly, people are just nicer where I'm from. Like, that kind of thing. Like, I've done that all over L. <laughs> wow, okay. L.A. really changed Evan. It did, though. Okay. Like, I'm now just so over it, guys. But, like, okay. so, there was a couple things in L.A. when I was in the big city that, like, did surprise me. And I related to his character a lot when he was Clark Kent. Okay. So, I took his Clark Kent as him putting on a facade. Because when he's Mm -hmm. Superman, he's completely fine. He's talking with people completely normal. He's confident with himself. There's no goofiness or, oh, swell words being thrown around. But then when he's Clark Clint, when he's he's Clark, um, he's a goofball. And I feel like that's all an act as part of his, like, cover. Because... There's for him to be that far out of water mm-hmm. in the city when he's Superman, he should still be kind of that far out of water. And I don't see him learning all of the knowledge he did in the Fortress of Solitude from his dad and not being able to handle New York City. I don't know. It was weird because I had the exact opposite take on that. I thought that Clark Kent was him being his most vulnerable. 
and that Superman was a fake it till you make it act. And that it was, look at me, I'm this well-adjusted superhero. Like just doing that kind of as like a, like a, you know, this is how I have to portray myself because when I'm this, I don't need to be vulnerable. I'll take bullets to the face. Okay, so my my uh, my first piece of evidence. Okay, as as an example, when Superman slash Clark does mm-hmm. the whole creepy boyfriend thing and takes Lois Lane out to fly around the city, yeah. and then comes back and then knocks at the door as Clark, mm-hmm. and you know, and she goes into the other room to grab a coat or something, even though it's the nineteen seventies style, still kind of escapes me a little mm-hmm. bit so to her to me it looks like she was wearing a nightgown out on a date but that's besides the <laughs> point um she, she, she went to go grab her coat and he's there like thinking about telling her like who he really was and he's cleaning his glasses and as soon as she comes back he goes right from being normal voice to oh sorry i didn't know what i was doing voice that that okay so you there's a lot to unpack there but you yeah. just touched on one of my favorite moments of his performance as Clark Kent and Superman. There's that moment where he, he, like, he, a lot of the time when he's Clark, he's walking around like this, like, oh, gee, gee, Miss Lane, or thanks, Mr. White. But then when he takes off his glasses, there's just this, he gets taller and he's like, Lois. And then, like, he, he shrinks back down. Like, that is the quintessential Clark Kent versus Superman, like, moment. Mm-hmm. Like, the, it's not the glasses that make people think that he's not Superman. It's, it's the, the way body he language. behaves. Yeah. yeah, it's the body language. Uh, I think you both were kind of right about Clark Kent versus Superman. I think it is a facade, but I also think that um, it is a little bit of vulnerability because in the in the director's cut, there's a scene after the 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 date and after he saves all these people and he's out to the world like. Or it's before the date. It's after he saves Lois and saves all these people. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where he goes to the Fortress of Solitude and talks to his dad. He's like, I really enjoyed this. Like, I didn't think I'd be... And jor kind of yells at him, like, you're not supposed to be interfering with human history. Mm-hmm. But if you really... We, I was worried about this. If you like it, you have to keep your secret identity. Because you need to be able to balance the people. If they know you're there all the time, they're going to need you all of the time. And you can't be that for these people. Right. Which I think is a great point because if you have Superman going 24 seven, then he's going to go insane. And then you're going to get injustice Superman. Can I say something and backtrack our conversation a little bit on the structure? Yeah. Okay. So Superman's dad, biological father is saying, Hey, you need to keep some privacy so that you don't have to be saving people all the time. Um, and then he has a conversation with his adopted earth father Mm -hmm. about, you know, his dad says, are, are you showing off? And then Clark goes, Oh no, not really. I'm still trying to, you know, like not show it. Mm -hmm. And that's when his dad has like the heart attack and dies. Man of steel so they pretty much rolled both of those concepts from two different characters into Superman's adoptive Earth father. Kind of. It sounds like it. I mean, from what I remember. So in Man of Steel, Jor-El sends uh, Kal-El out to Earth with the hopes that one day he'll be able to restart the 
crypto Kryptonian gene pool mm. with the codex, with all of the information he has to, so that he can re repopulate Krypton with, with the humans. Um, it wasn't like a, you can, it wasn't intended to be like you're, you can guide these people and save them and be a leader for them. Like it is in this movie. Um, but Jonathan Kent in Man of Steel is like, uh, if people know you're an alien, like it's not going to go well. If people, if Bruce Wayne finds out that you're an alien, he's going to want to kill you because you're too powerful. Like that's pretty much what it boils down to. Yeah. People took him surprisingly well in this movie. Thinking about it. Like, People are just like, nah, they're a superhero now. It was the 70s, man. That's true. Anything could have happened. But I think that adds a layer of depth to this Superman that I really like and didn't expect. Because there were times when this Superman, especially when he was Superman, he was very like what I kind of pictured him just being like the boring, like I'm perfect in every way. I never lie. By the way, I can take bullets to the face. Like <laughs> I'm still stuck on that point. But um, I just, there were times when they added a lot of like emotional depth to him that I thought was cool. And I really liked the ending where he was just like, sorry, Jarrell, you're dead. I'm breaking your rule. Like, I thought that was cool. I'm surprised you said something good about the ending. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> um. So I want to talk about the flight sequence and can you read my mind? Yeah, I want to talk about the flight sequence. Too. <laughs> Do okay. it. I almost sent you guys homework before the show, but I was like, no, I'm going to save it for, for the show. Okay. Um, would you believe me if I said that that poem that Mar that Lois Lane recites is actually the lyrics to the love theme to Superman the movie? What? It's it you could, it's a song like it's a song with lyrics. It's um, yeah. Did they have like? Did they have like Elton John on staff? And they're like, we gotta use them. No, it wasn't. Even, it wasn't even Elton John. I forget who the artist was. Um, I have no words. I didn't know. I didn't know it like had lyrics to it. Oh, well, Margot Kidder sang it um, on the soundtrack. And then Maureen I mean, McGovern had a single with it. I don't um, know if I know that. And it, it's very, it's a very 70s love song. Um, but... It it's it's just that poem that she recites over the love theme, like it's John Williams' theme with that. Like it's kind of what they did with um, Prince in the '89 Batman, but weird, <laughs> weirder. <laughs> that is strange. Yeah, um, it is what it is. I'm listening so, to it, Ryan, Ryan. What did you have to yeah. think? What did you have to say about the the uh, flying? The flying. Sequence? Okay, so this has. Nothing to do with like the way the effects looked or the fact that like it's a cool scene. Like mm -hmm. it's a good setup. It establishes Lois's like connection with him and like why she has a crush on him. Like I completely get it. My problem with superheroes and flying when they're flying with non flying people. 
So when Superman or Thor or Iron Man or whoever flies and whatever comic book, whatever, with a, if a person can't fly, they have their arms wrapped around like their neck, like shoulder area. Mm-hmm. Um, for them to only be grasping fingers with arms outstretched, <laughs> like they'd have to be going, what, 400, 500 miles an hour to be able to keep her straight like that. And if that's the case, she's not going to be all smiley with her eyes open. Like, she's going to have tears coming out of her eyes because she's going so quickly. Like, that's one of those things where I'm just like, it's the 70s, let it go. Just like the train thing. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, this is a setup, it's fine, just let it go. But, you know, when you really think about it, it's like, that's... The physics don't work like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they definitely do a better job of that later on because he's always like wrapping his arms around people when he flies with Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but like the physics of it just don't make sense with him like holding her hand. And I I like that they at least address that if he lets go, she falls. Yeah, but like then, but then what does that mean? Like, is he giving her powers? Like, I don't know. It was it was pretty. It was very pretty. Yeah, let me like I said, it was a cool scene. Mm-hmm. I get why they did it, but it was one of those things where it's like, okay, outside of the concept of this movie, for this to actually happen, she needs to have flying powers too, or they're going so fast that it's keeping her at that position. Yep. And she would need like flight goggles on and well, like a mask to help her breathe because her lungs would just pop with the amount of air being forced into well, her, just, her lungs. Just, you got to remember like in Wonder Woman 1984, she doesn't fly. She just falls with style and just takes the wind. So maybe she's just taking nope. the wind. It's just the nope. D. How oh. things <laughs> work <laughs> in the DC? I did. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not. I am not accepting not going that there. idea. Would you believe that she wished she could fly? Yes. <laughs> I know heard. something. If he would have made a joke when she mentioned the whole like uh, Peter Pan thing before they took off, if he would have made a joke about like, well, think of a happy thought and then took off or something like that, then I'd be like, oh, okay, so, you know, it's like, they understand that this is kind of ridiculous and they're just going to throw in a little joke to show the audience that even they think this is a, a little tad nuts. And I would have been perfectly fine with it because of that little joke, but they didn't do that. They just kind of went with her going, well, happy thoughts. And he didn't really say anything to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the flying, my dad used to tell me stories about this movie that like after watching it or after it first came out, kids would see it in theaters and then were so convinced the effects were real that they would try to fly and like would be jumping out of like two story windows. Yes, yes, I, that that happened. I don't that doubt it happened. I feel yeah. like that's something your dad did. <laughs> I bet it was. <laughs> It's not just his dad. I know from I know there were many people. There were many stories that I've heard from family members and friends of mm-hmm. like, you know, of like friends, parents, knowing people in school in elementary school, and middle school when this came out mm-hmm. where, yeah, kids jumped off the roofs of their home <laughs> thinking that they could fly. <laughs> there must have been a reason we only lived in one story houses. Yeah, it was my dad. I, yeah. Well, it, Newville? Also Newville, but also <laughs> if you ever tried to fly again, it wouldn't hurt as much. Yeah. Um, and we live right there by the train, so we could always run beside it. We too, could compare we... ourselves. Yeah. Oh, 
Um, okay, so we've talked about what did you guys think of the Daily Planet and how it set up? How did you what did you, what did you think of seeing a 1970s news newsroom? New York Times. New York Times. That that's how I took it. Um, yeah, I thought it was really cool. Uh, from documentaries I've seen from media about like print news, mm-hmm. I yeah, I I thought it was believable. Um, I was really expecting uh, Mr. White or Boss White or whatever Barry, his Barry name. White. Barry White. I was really Harry, expecting Harry. Harry, whatever. I was, Harry <laughs> Barry. Close enough. Um, Harry with a P. I was uh, <laughs> you Perry, every okay. other one except for Harry. We will get it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn um, it, Terry. I was really expecting somebody to shout, I want pictures of Spider-Man. I yeah. was waiting for that and it never happened. I knew it wasn't, but still. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, I think that I'd be really disappointed with what a news like a news like room looks like today or what a newspaper room does. Because this is what I think newspapers look like. It's just people like, all right, you're on this scoop. Go get your typewriter, and like that's what I want it to be. And if it's just people basically blogging now, I'll be disappointed. Having that's worked pretty much in what a, it is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> having having worked in a newsroom, mm-hmm. the most, the closest it ever got to this level of chaos mm-hmm. was election night. Oh, I bet specifically 2016 because that I worked there that election. Wow. Um. So that was just craziness. Um. And. But there was free pizza, so it was worth it. Uh, Good. Um, Cut off. <laughs> yeah. So, what did you guys think of uh, Superman and Lois's dynamic and relationship in this film? Did it come off creepy to you at all? Because my wife made a comment when when we were watching this that he was being creepy after the flying sequence. Oh, afterwards. Yeah, like where he's just like Clark Kent and like did any of anything about it come off as weird to you? I mean, he's straight up catfishing her and that's not yeah. cool. Just be honest with her. Like, hey, that guy in tights, I was just that guy. Sorry. And I feel like that's what he was trying to do like when he first did the switch mm-hmm. on her and she went to go grab her coat, the scene I was talking about before. Yeah. And then like right before he s- decides to say it, he smiles at himself. Like he's having, like he's thinking about all the fun he could have w- with this little joke. Mm. And he puts the glasses on and then acts like it's completely normal. And then when that happened, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, that's a bit. <laughs> so in the director's cut, when he tells Jor-El, um, I really like this. He's like, you need to protect your secret identity because the people you love, your enemies will find them. So I think that's part of it too. Like he wants to tell her, but he's protecting her. And I think that's the whole big thing about secret identities. You keep them so that the people in your life are protected and not in danger. Well, here's the thing that I think too. And the fact that he like smiled and was like, ha what fun I'll have. I don't like, I like the idea of like, he doesn't tell her that like he's Superman because they're going out on a date. This is their first date. And how do you say no to Superman? Like, you know what Superman can do. You just saw him drop you by accident. He could do that for real. What if you go out with Superman and it goes poorly? Like, are you then in an okay place to say no? Like, to anything Superman wants? Like, at that point, you just, like, 
I think it was him protecting her. Like, I'm Clark Kent. Like, no, get to know this guy. They made a movie about that concept. I think it's like my ex is a superhero. Oh, or did they? Like that, my my super ex-girlfriend with um, my soup. Yeah. Is it good? Because I like that idea. It's interesting. It's not horrible. Okay. It's not the it's it's mid 2000s superhero movie. Where is it in like in the scale of like Brightburn? Is it like better or worse? Romantic you, comedy. It's romantic comedy. You don't put that up against a horror film. Devil. <laughs> good point. Good point. These these are my actual eye roll moments with you. <laughs> when I want you to compare a horror movie to. Uh, hey, guys, we're going to do a romantic comedy. Devin, what are you going to have us watch? I'm going to have you watch Marriage Story. <laughs> <laughs> it is a romantic comedy. You'll- to you. <laughs> Right. Devin, I think you, I think you'll enjoy my super ex girlfriend. It's directed by Ivan Reitman. Ooh, and it stars right. Uma Thurman, Luke Wilson, Anna Faris, and Rain Wilson. Yeah, I would actually really like that. Yeah, and so, Eddie Izzard. Sorry, <laughs> they have five so, names that were notable. Oh, I like Chad Devin. for Devin. I think rom coms and horror movies are the same thing. Fair, <laughs> fair. So. When you bring up that point about like why he doesn't decide to like tell her and everything, mm-hmm. like obviously that makes sense, and that's really probably where they were going with it. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a really weird line, yeah, to walk along, trying to make it. You know, you're trying to do something and have it come. You're trying to do something that could very easily come off as like creeperish yeah but there's a real reason to it yeah mm-hmm. and it's really difficult i feel to make sure that everybody gets that point and obviously you're not going to get that point across to everybody right. so i feel like that jarell scene was really important and shouldn't have been cut from the movie probably not like it it, it does seem like it adds a lot now that i'm talking about it um, yeah but i wanted to bring up a quote uh, uh, a theory about superman that i saw on tiktok um, from moose underscore zero he does a lot of superhero stuff and comic lore and all of this stuff he he talked about superman a few weeks a few days ago and Mm -hmm. i think this is a really good point and i want to bring it up on the show his theory is there are two types of superman fans clark kent fans who like him for the secret identity reporter aspect of his life mm-hmm. and Superman fans who like him for his powers. I definitely fall into this Clark Kent side of the, that where do you guys see yourself falling on the spectrum for Superman fans? What do you think, Ryan? This is going to take me a second. I'm not really that big of a Superman fan. So, okay, but if you had to pick like which, which side do you find more interesting? The Clark Kent side where he's balancing his, life as Superman with being Clark Kent and keeping that secret identity or the Superman side where he has all these powers and can dis- can could destroy everything if he wanted to, but doesn't because I like the secret identity side of things. Okay. I think it depends on the Superman. Now that I'm saying, I think for this Superman for Christopher Reeve, I like the Clark Kent better. I think okay. that, I, I think that if we're talking Man of Steel, I really like how they gave the Superman side of his identity a real conflict. Okay. 
I like. I agree with that. Yeah, because <laughs> they gave they gave Superman like think like jaded old Devin walks into a Superman movie and goes, "What does he ever have to worry about? He's Superman." And like the things the Snyder d- movies did was show me like there's real consequences to being Superman. Here's what they are, and I mm-hmm. love that. Okay, yeah, Th- yeah. those are very good answers. Um, <laughs> All right, we, we're running. We're about out of time here. Oh man, um, so much to talk about. Okay, what what else you got on your notes? I don't have uh, notes. Uh, I'm just winging this whole thing. Oh so. yeah, okay. I want to. I mean, <laughs> I want to talk about Lex Luthor's plan. Okay, let's talk about Lex Luthor's plan. This was almost the same plan from, and again, I know it's copying from this, not the other way around. But this was basically the same plan from Superman Returns, isn't it? Lex yes. Luthor wants to bomb something to make something something because real estate. Yeah, real estate. Well, Superman Superman Returns is a sequel to this. Yeah. In in, in theory. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, the, the Lex Luthor in these films is obsessed with real estate. Um, so he. Yeah, he wants to bomb the San Andreas fault mm-hmm. at a certain point to make California fall into the ocean so scared me by the way i was gonna say knowing that would you ever move back to california look the reason i think one of the so sometimes romana and i will talk and we'll be like was it a good idea to move to london and all we have to do is just go yeah but the earthquakes and then we go right the earthquakes so like that just yeah that hit me where i live i mean or just you know, go to the L.A. Times website and just take a look at what the front page of the <laughs> yesterday's newspaper was. And you'll probably find five stories on the front to prove why it was a good <laughs> idea to move. Yeah. And you look at any <laughs> London newspaper right now, it's all Harry and Meghan, right? It is. It really <laughs> I'm not is. Surprised. Um, but no. So I like that. I thought that was really cool. I thought it was a little bit much like I don't know if the San Andreas can literally make all of like california break off but practicality aside i don't think i liked that his plan wasn't i don't like that superman's stronger than me my plan is superman centric because in my mind lex luthor is like the joker or is as the joker is to batman they have to be opposing forces and like superman was just like annoying to him in this one he's like ah this guy all right tie him up and throw him in a pool well yeah so he He has this plan before Superman's a thing. Mm-hmm. And then once Superman arrives and declares himself to the world, he has to figure out a way around him. So mm-hmm. the whole kryptonite thing is where that comes from. And it's not really a battle of wits. It's just like, yeah, I need to get him out of the way. So this is how we're going <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Uh, the the whole... Okay, so I'm fine with setting the bomb off to get this... the. Uh, San Andreas to activate, even though that's not how that works, but it's DC <laughs> and it's a superhero movie. So why, why not? That's how it works. I'm fine with that. The part where it lost me was when he flew down into the San Andreas fault. And again, I'm fine with that part, him flying through the, the crust and gliding over the mantle and everything. Mm-hmm. Cool with that. Um, it's when all they did was reverse the film of the giant, like of all of the land caving in Mm -hmm. and him lifting up one rock lifted all of the land back up across the San Andreas fault line. 
at that point, I saw that scene and I'm thinking to myself, I've completely, I don't remember this. As a <laughs> and then I thought to myself again, I'm like, okay, so this is like, this is why if I'm pressed, I'd rather be a fan of the Clark Kent side of Superman mm. than Superman, Superman, because that's what you get with Superman most of the time. But with the whole Clark Kent thing, you get the whole trying to balance and the whole drama aspect of that to me is more interesting. And you don't get the whole like, I don't care if you're Superman or not. You can't lift up all that land that just fell into the crust. <laughs> well, in uh, Superman Returns, he lifts up a whole continent made out of kryptonite. So he does. Uh, no, 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 <laughs> no. Ryan can't hear it. Yeah. I, no. So when, since we're talking about the ending, I knew about the he gets so mad he flies around the world and reverses time. I've come to peace with it. It's <laughs> it's weird. I'm not going to harp about it because it just is what it is. So I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because we watched Somewhere in Time not t- too long ago. Mm-hmm. But that moment before he takes off, after he lays Lois's body down and he just breaks down. Like, I felt it this time. Like, he just, you can feel, like, the raw emotion in that moment. And it's just powerful. And it makes me wish that they were able to do more movies on this level with with him and this character. I think that if it wasn't for that scene, and I'm drawing a direct line here, if it wasn't for that scene where he yells and flies up into the sky, which was done really well. Mm -hmm. I really liked how they did that. If they wouldn't have filmed that scene and if he wouldn't have screamed the way that he did and yelled and did all that other stuff, we would have not gotten Darth Vader yelling (laughs) at the end of episode three. I'll buy it. Well, here's I'm making a direct line between the two. I, I, I believe it. Well, here's the thing about that scene though, is like, I knew Superman flew so fast in reverse. He like, you know, went backwards in time. I knew that. I didn't know the context for it. And the context for it made it everything for me. Where yeah. when he did it, it was going against what Jarrell had to say and literally disobeying like his father. And it was all of this emotion that, you know, up until that point he hadn't shown before. And like it worked because of what the context was. So like I didn't hate it. Thought I would didn't yeah i the physics of it make no sense but the idea that he is powerful enough to change time and only does it this once it it, it works for me yeah um I believe, and I I wanted to watch it today. I just didn't get a chance to. I believe he does it again in the Donner cut of Superman two. Oh. Um, I, I'm gonna probably be rewatching that tonight or tomorrow uh, because I want to. <laughs> <laughs> like after watching this again, I was like, I want to watch Superman two now. Um, and the Donner cut's the version I go to. Um, but I think he does it again, and that's how they retcon the end of Superman two. Instead of the way they do it in the theatrical cut, which is they, even they wreck on the end of it. Well, so at the end of Superman two, Lois knows he's Superman. Yeah, and then and then she forgets, and the way she she forgets is a, a kiss. Like he kisses her, and she forgets his secret identity. Boy, like, it's a hell of a kiss. Boy, it's out of this world. 
<laughs> but I don't know what else to say about Superman. I love the score. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Ryan, ha- have you seen the sequels to this? Yes. Yes, I have. All it's three? been a long time. Yes, I have okay. seen all three. It's been a long time. Um, I cannot remember if Niagara Falls, the second one or the third one. Second one. That is the second, second one. one. No. Him. Uh, OK, so, Devin, you know how Superman said, I don't drink when I fly. Yeah. Well, guess what happens in the third? Oh, one? Does he drink and fly? <laughs> And he gets drunk. Hold on. Do we have like depressed Superman in number three? And he's like uh, on a bender. Okay. So what happens in Superman three is Richard Pryor cre- uh, creates a synthetic kryptonite, which gives gives Superman a kind of bizarro ish Superman. Like he just doesn't care. Like he's very okay. like bleh, whatever. So he like gets drunk and stuff. Like he just that's does, awesome. He's, he kind of stops being Superman, but is still like wearing the suit and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, Superman three is weird. I I still want to watch it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you about um, Superman four by quoting Christopher Reeve's autobiography. The less said about Superman four, the quest for peace, the better. Like really. Yeah, it, it's bad. <laughs> like oh, even man. even he knew that. Like it it was bad. And he worked on the story. Like he put a lot into that movie, uh, but it just they didn't have the budget because they were losing. They lost Donner for super. They they fired Donner for Superman two, even though he shot seventy five percent of it, mm-hmm. and they brought in Richard Lester, and then it just they never got back to where the first two were financially at the box office. So. Got it. I can, I can leave this movie on one note though. I don't know why, but as soon as this movie was done, I had the urge to want to watch uh, uh, Thor: Dark World for the first time. Oh wow! I don't understand why, but it was like as soon as I was done watching this this morning, I was like, "So what do I do now?" And I'm like, "You know what? For I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Thor: Dark World." I don't know why. But I feel like there's a connection there, mm-hmm. and I haven't finished it yet. And Why I want to finish it. Huh, that hmm? is weird. Why not Superman 2? I don't know. I had the urge to want to watch Thor Dark World. Maybe Superman, Christopher Reeve, Superman and Thor kind of re- remind me of each other. I don't I don't know. That is weird. So hold on. <laughs> I want to... I want to... So, Ryan, when you watch this movie, this is the first time you've watched it in literal years, right? Like, you rewatched uh, it in the since, podcast. Since, like, middle school. Did your opinion of the movie what okay, what was your opinion of it going into it before you started watching it? Were you like, all right, I've seen it, it's fine, I'll watch it again? Are you like, oh, this masterpiece, I can't wait? Like, what was your thought going into it this time? I haven't seen this in forever. I wonder what it's like now. Got it. Cause like, I I thought that would be important. Like, oh man, I'm not gonna like this as much as I thought I did, and then you did, and then maybe that's what led you to Thor the Dark World, like a movie surprising you. I mean, maybe that's possibly what it was, because I haven't seen Dark World yet. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe that's what it was. I'm like, wow, OK, so may- I enjoyed this more than I think I remember doing. Or there's a lot in this that I 
clearly forgot about. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll give something else a chance. Maybe that's why I did it. I don't know. But it was just really funny. That was like that was the first movie I thought of to watch next. Yeah. You're on a so, real Marvel kick, aren't you? It's because I watched Ultron. I love it. It's because I watched Ultron and I'm like, you know, this is probably my my third favorite uh, movie now of the uh, um, purely uh, uh, Avengers ones. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, there's a handful of others I haven't watched or seen or haven't seen since it first came out. So I'm going through and watching all of all of like Civil War. I haven't seen Civil War since I bought it on Blu-ray, like when it first came out on Blu-ray. And so I saw that a while ago. And then I think I'm just cycling. Yeah, I'm cycling through all of the ones that I haven't seen. That's awesome. So so which ones haven't you seen yet? Like, I'm just curious. What's no, on? I think I'm good now. Oh, okay. I think I'm once I once I once I finish Dark World, I'll be done. Like I watched Iron Man three yesterday for the first time since Aww. I saw it in theaters. So I love that. And one. it's a good one. It is good. Um, I had the same feeling after watching it I did back in theaters. So nothing really changed for me on that one. But I do like Iron Man's character a bit more mm-hmm. now. And I think I know who that person was at Tony Stark's funeral that I didn't recognize. Yeah, it was the kid. Yeah, the kid. It was the kid. Yeah, yeah. no. As, as soon as I saw the kid, I'm like, oh, that's that kid that was standing next to the porch that I had no <laughs> idea who he was. <laughs> so, so, Devin... Now yes. that you've seen Superman the movie, how quick are you going to be to watch the sequels? Are you oh, going pretty, to watch the sequels? I, I want to, and pretty quick. I mean, okay, yeah. I would recommend watching the sequels that you can find on HBO Max. Okay. And then going back and watching the Donner cut of Superman 2. The weirdest okay. thing about Superman 2 is that Jor-El's not in it. Oh. Uh, there was a contract dispute. Marlon Brando wanted more money mm-hmm. for the sequel. He wanted like... a. 11% gross of the box office for the sequel. Wow. And the producer's like, yeah, no. Yeah. So they replaced him with his mom. Superman's mom is, is there instead. Oh, that's cool. Um, but in the Donner cut, uh, Brando comes back. Like okay. he's in that version. So I like that. Um, Superman three is different. Superman four. Yeah. Uh, it's the butt of the joke of this podcast. We've made multiple references to it before, especially in the uh, Bill and Ted video that we did. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Um, And then I don't count. I don't actually count Superman returns as a sequel to this. No, Um, no, like one, Kevin Spacey two, right. The script's better than the movie itself. So Mm. that makes sense then. Um, I do have a book recommendation. Tell me. Uh, if you like Christopher Reeve and you want to read up on what happened to him after his accident, I highly recommend his autobiography, Still Me. Uh, I read okay. it twice in high school. I own it. Uh, I, I've never really read a book twice before. Um, it's one of those ones that sticks with you. It's got heart. It's funny. It's sad. Robin Williams makes a few appearances. Um, it's really, it's a really good book and I highly recommend it. I'm going to have to read that. I will yeah. like that. Um, anything else before we wrap up today? I had one last question I was thinking about for okay. both of you. 
somebody has never seen a Superman movie before. They heard he's a fun character and they want to watch a Superman movie. Do you show them this as an origin story or do you show him Man of Steel? This. This? I, I love Man of Steel for what it is. Um, mm-hmm. It's a more adult take on it. I think if they don't have any reference to the character at all, they just know a little bit about him. I think this gives you enough of the mythos and the character that you can watch watch this and still appreciate it. Yeah. And then go watch Man of Steel. Because Man of Steel does do several references to this movie. Um, okay. Like, there are subtle nods in there. Um, but I think this is a great starter Superman movie. Mm-hmm. My answer would be... It, it would depend how much of a Marvel fan they are. Okay. If if they're not like a superhero person mm-hmm. at all, definitely this one. Mm-hmm. If they're a moderate to a big fan of the Marvel films, I would say Man of Steel first. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, because right. it's definitely a more modern take on it. And this is this is very classic superhero movie, this one. Um, yeah. yeah, and I mean this is this is the quintessential superhero movie. It is, yeah, and just and the reason why I'm saying it, you know, it, and the reason why I said if they're a Marvel fan, you know, a pretty big Marvel fan, mm-hmm. um, it's because of the the film style. Like if they've never really seen a Superman movie before, and they really like the new Marvel films, right? Then you may not want to show them something that was made in the late seventies. Sure. That's the only reason. I can see that. I think this is my go-to Superman movie if I'm going to show someone. Like, hey, what is cool about Superman? All right, here you go. Like, it's, I think it's going to be this one. I, I think if, after you watch Superman 2, you're going to make it a double feature. Because they do go very well together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this one does a great job of setting up the character. Superman 2 gives you a lot more action. Okay. Because he, do, he does fight Zod and uh, the other two Kryptonians. Mm-hmm. So and there's a really good product placement. Is there? I can't remember. Is it Coca-Cola or it's, Marlboro? I think both, but I know there's a Coca-Cola one for sure. Yeah. Wow. Like yeah, yeah. Ew. Superman gets thrown through a Coke sign. <laughs> um, like, it's like it says Coke, and then he goes right through the center of it. There's oh actually, there's actually, believe it or not, there's a product placement in the one of the cut scenes that's in the director's cut. Um, when Clark's just standing outside the farm after his dad's funeral. Uh, there's a scene where Ma Kent goes through the house like yelling, Clark, get out of bed. What are you going to do? Sleep all day? And uh, she pulls out a box of Cheerios and just <laughs> holds it so you can read it to the camera like the whole scene. And it's weird. I'm like, this is the director's cut. I don't think they're getting their money now. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that, though. Um, but yeah, I, if, if you're interested, I'll... Uh, Next time you're in town, Devin, I'll let you, I'll lend you the uh, extended cut. <laughs> Next time you come to town, we should all just get together and watch the extended cut and just roast it. Oh, that would be fun. It, it, it's uh, it's not something Movie I can watch 3, by myself. Up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, t- take a shot for every shot of Kryptonians running away from falling <laughs> crystals. I I I am not allowed to die first, so I will not be tar partaking and taking a shot every time you know a shot of uh, of somebody falling off a cliff <laughs> oh man all right 
I think that about does it for today's episode. Uh, we will be back on Tuesday. Actually, we're going to be back tomorrow playing some games. Mm-hmm. I think Devin and I will be on at some point tomorrow just for the hell of it. Oh, we'll yeah. be playing some games on Tuesday during the day. And then on Tuesday night, we will be talking about the 2017 theatrical version of the Justice League. Uh, the Justice Cut, as we've been calling it here on the show. Uh, this is a film that Ryan and I have done before for the podcast, but Devin, this is before Devin was here. So since now that Devin's here, we have to rewatch it again. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, I ruined it. Yeah. So we'll be talking about the theatrical version of Justice League on Tuesday, just in time for the Snyder Cut that comes out on Thursday. And if you want to hear our thoughts on the Snyder Cut, make sure to tune in next Tuesday. Uh, for our 200th episode, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have some big things planned. Um, hope to see you there. Hope to see you Tuesday. Hope to see you whenever. If you haven't already, like us on Facebook so you can vote in our superhero movie March Madness polls that will be going out throughout the week. Um, yes, Justice League 2017. Yeah, that's the one we're doing on Tuesday. Yeah, that's the one we're doing Tuesday. Yeah, that's going to be uh, awesome. Can, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram to take the polls. Um, we'll be posting the links to the Google ones on our Facebook page. And then you can listen to the podcast. If you don't, if you miss our live streams, you can listen on any major podcasting platform. Uh, we're on Spotify, a- uh, Apple podcast, Google, anywhere you, you can find us uh, where we should be there. Uh, and until next time for super, for, for Superman the movie. Until <laughs> next time for you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And Miss Tess Marker! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>